Welcome to Let the Bible Speak, where that's exactly what we want to do. We want to let the Bible speak. Uh, there are many influences and, and things out in the world that would seek to get us in a certain direction. Um, but we believe that the Lord has given us a book in order to listen to him and to get direction and guidance. And that is the scripture. And so uh, today I'm, I'm your co-host, uh, Josh Elder. Alongside of me is my brother Henderson Palmer. Amen. And uh, John Chetta. Hello. And then we have a special guest with us. Um, I know you as Mr. Arthur. So, but is it LaRose? Arthur Rhodes. 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 Okay. So I've, I've just always called you Mr. Arthur, but, um, this, he's our very first guest, uh, to the podcast. Amen. Amen. And, and the people listening might not know, but he has gone through some stuff to get here. So, uh, (laughs) two weeks ago we had planned on having Mr. Arthur come in and uh, be on our podcast. But uh, on the way to here, on the way here, uh, they got hit by um, uh, another person and a uh, person right. most likely playing on their phone, though we will we will restrict our judgment on that. <laughs> right. Yeah, you and, should. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but um, so we're grateful. He's come through. He's come through trials to be with us uh, today. So we're grateful, Amen. grateful that you're here today. Um, so t- I was just asking you before the, the podcast started, where are you, where are you originally from? I'm from New Orleans, but presently I stay in Kenner. Okay. All right. And, um, so our plan for this podcast is, is to just like in our, our first podcast that we, that we did, we talked a little bit about our own story and, uh, and then we spoke about why the scripture is important to us. And so we want to try and do that if we get through a little bit of Mr. Arthur's story, because I know that your story is, uh, it's a great story. And, um, so, uh, of the little I know of it. And so I'm looking forward to hearing more of it. And, um, and so, um, so tell us, Mr. Arthur, like if you were going to give us a little bit of your testimony, um, how would you, what would you, what would you say? Again, I, w- I would just say is I- I'm still amazed by it because it was a miracle, mm. a miracle that I would get out of prison with a life in 99-year sentence. Mm. Life in 99. Yeah, and uh, for crimes I committed. But uh, it was in 1994 that I had a true conversion, and I think I was beginning to tell you the scripture was I, I heard it in my sleep. And I never read it was, blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is in Jeremiah seventeen seven, mm. and then as I read for this, curse of the man in in verse five that put his trust in man and making man his arm, and I, I kept that to heart. I kept that to heart as I went to Angola, just beginning to see what God was doing in my life. I ended up in a seminary. The one that just started, just started, and I was out of three hundred men, I was chosen as in the thirty to be a full time student. Mm. I wasn't none of the elite of the prison. I wasn't no one special, but I was chosen, mm. and I took that to heart as well. And as I began to go through the Bible college, I I, I went there. I told God when I first got saved, I say, if I'm a follower, I have to know more about you. I don't know enough about you to follow you. Mm. And that's how I ended up in seminary and uh, I graduated. Uh, now was that, was that after, like you said, 94 was when you kind of had that scripture. Yeah. So was that after 94 or yeah. was it? 95 yeah. they started the seminary in okay. Angola. And, uh, okay. and while I was there in, in 1996, we were going to seminary and a guy named Macklemore, I'll never forget. My daughter had moved to Stone Mountain, Georgia, and I was telling him about it. He said, man, I'm familiar with that place. He said, they have a, a large mountain around there that people run. Mm. He said, it's five miles. And I said, man, I said, I have life in 99 years. He said, that don't make no difference. And I took that to heart, and I thought mm. about it. And, it. and it was probably about a month later I was praying 
And the Lord told me, say, you're going to run around Stone Mountain, Georgia. Mm. Shrugged it off. but Because uh, I couldn't run. I couldn't run a block, let's long five miles. And <laughs> I was bought out of court. Mm. Court had told me I couldn't get back in. And uh, My daughter needed a kidney, so I started running. And that was my primary purpose for running, to get in shape to give her a kidney. Mm. But because of the policy, I couldn't do it. But I began to like running, and I kept running. And uh, I could run not only a block, I learned how to run about 10 miles. Wow. And I went to, after finishing the school, I, I told the Lord, wherever you send me, I'll go. And they had a thing, it was sending missionaries out, and they sent me to Rayburn Correctional Center. Amen. It wasn't a place that a lot of people like. In fact, one of the guys that had graduated, he said, I wouldn't go there at gunpoint. <laughs> I said, oh, man, <laughs> how encouraging yeah. that is. And yeah. <laughs> but it was encouraging. You know, I left, but when I was leaving, it's like the Lord brought something to my remembrance. When I was being sentenced, we were leaving out on the bus, and when I was being sentenced, the judge told me, you will never leave Angola again. Mm-hmm. He said, you will never. I had been to prison before, two times before. Yeah. He said, you will never leave Angola again. And I was going out the gate. And the bus, and the thought came, you're leaving Angola. Hmm. Wow. I, I, you know, the Spirit of God would bring that up That's to me. Right. I yeah. said, man, I said, I'm going wow. to prison, but already I'm leaving Angola. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so for th- those who are listening, they may not know, but Angola uh, had this program where they basically were uh, not only educating, but sending out missionaries, correct, to other, other prisons. Right. Yeah, they was doing that to help the chaplain office to, to start programs similar to the ones we had. We had started a program. It's a, it was a, a one-year certificate program, and we had started that in a prison in Angola because they had men who would never uh, be capable of, of, of attending a college or never be educated enough to get to a college. So we put together a curriculum where we could teach these men some biblical principles. Mm. In, in, in a year's program, Mr. Arthur, um, were you were you at Angola before they started the seminary? Yes, I was. So you saw the transformation that happened at Angola yes, because I, of that seminary. Yes, that's uh, amazing. I saw it. Yeah, that's. Saw uh, it. Can you can you speak to that just a little bit for people who don't know what an amazing thing happened? I, I could say this, and this this is something the Lord brought to my mind one time. We started. Uh, the class that we started taking the classes in the blood plasma and it was paying us uh, 20 cents an hour to go to school and study the Bible. But in the same uh, place once was the blood plasma where people sold their blood mm. for eight, nine, $10, whatever it was. And in this place, it was like everything went on there. Killings hmm. took place in there. Yeah. Drug dealing took place in there. It, everything that was, uh, uh, any kind of vice you wanted took place in that blood plasma. For those who don't know, Angola at one point, before the seminary was put there, was considered the bloodiest right, prison right. In, America. in America. That's yeah. right. And again, he took the seminary and put it right where all this killing was, yeah. right where all the vices was, right where everything was. And I I had to share a word one time, and I, I brought that to mind for people that didn't know, you know, were new to the prison, they hadn't seen the old prison. Yeah. That, hey, man, this place used to be the worst place in the world. You come here to take care of any kind of illegal business you want to take care of. Yeah. Wow. And they turned it into a seminary. In a seminary. Wow. Yeah. Amen. And so you were you were you were basically trained to be a missionary in some sense, like a pastor missionary, right? And uh, to go to Rayburn. When did that happen? As far as going to Rayburn, uh, I went to Rayburn in two thousand and five. Okay. Before I was mentoring guys, taking them to different places, I had different things I was doing in the prison to the to the new guys that were starting after I graduated, and. Uh, I went to Rayburn, and we started a program over there. We started off the certificate program, the one-year certificate program. 
uh, I was one time uh, involved in hospice. I was certified hospice uh, volunteer. And when I got there, they asked me to start something there. They didn't have no whole lot of dying there, so they said, could we start Mm -hmm. uh, something similar? So we started a compassionate care program. And Henderson was one of the first person I chose Amen. to help me with it. Really? Amen. Yeah, he was one of the first person That's I chose right. to help me to start. Uh, Praise God for that. Yeah. And it's still going on today. That's right. Yeah, compassionate care program. Well, I know, um, and and they 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 may not know that or are listening, but Henderson, one of the I think probably so. Me and Henderson, we met mm. a number of years ago. Yeah, it's been some years. But when I went into Rayburn with with Henderson, one of the first people he wanted to introduce me to was Mr. Arthur, and, right. and it was because he said, you know, this is a man who was very instrumental in my life to mm-hmm. help me see things the way that God will want me to see things to help, you know, add value and, and strength to my character and to my life. So I definitely... uh. Man, I appreciate Mr. Arthur, man. Had it not been for him, I'm serious, man. He know it, I, and I and I tell him this all the time. Had it not been for him, and there's other people as well, like Pastor Jackson and many others. But I was I sat in his group. I was I was in his group for years, and just the growth, and you know, not only teaching me biblical principles through words, but also being able to watch him, you know, on the yard and on the walk and in the prison system, like how to walk with God how to humble yourself, how to be forgiven. And you just see the blessings of God in his life. And I just wanted that. I wanted, you know, I wanted what God had for him. I wanted that same thing. So I just started following. I started, you know, paying a very close attention to like, um, the, the studi the studiousness, if that's, if that's a good word to use the studiousness of him, I want to study the word as well. Where, uh, where were you in your, like, we'll say faith walk when you met Mr. Arthur? Yeah, when I met Mr. Arthur, um, I want to say this, man. I grew up a believer. I grew up believing in Jesus Christ, but I, I had, I had my personal encounter with Christ. I, I would say that I had like an extrinsic knowledge of Him growing up, like uh, sure. my mama. This is the God that my mom prayed to. Right, mm-hmm. right. But as far as like my personal relationship, when I started, it, it God revealed Himself to me in a parish jail. So when I came, when Mr. Arthur came in in two thousand and five, because I was already at Rayburn. Uh, I, you know, I believed in Christ. I had that personal experience. I just needed some growth and some maturity. And thank God that he already had finished the seminary and God sent the missionaries out. Him and another good friend of mine, Leo Pinheiro, is another good brother, man. Them, they, they took their time, man, and actually sat with me for hours and hours and hours just sharing the scriptures with me. And I appreciate it even till this day, man. It's been, a, it's been benefiting me and my family and every. It just been I can't even explain how much it's benefited me. Do you remember how it was that you met Mr. Arthur? Like as far as in the prison? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I had a I had man, praise God, man. I had a good job in a prison as a as a library orderly. Mm-hmm. You know, you come in, you check out. I was the one that check your books out. You go, you find your books. I check it out. I help you find something if you're looking for it. I can kind of point to it where it's at. So, the chaplain department they had. A, you know, they'll start their morning off in the A building, which was like next door. They had the, the the outside chaplain. His offer was over there. They'll get together over there and pray and see what they was going to do throughout the course of the day. But after they finished over there, they'll come to the library, the regular library where I was working at. And that's where we met. And, and I can remember when they came in, you know, they was new to the prison. And it was like they came here to help the chaplain department and to help the church. And I was involved in church stuff already, so it was just a connection that was gonna be made. Mm. Gotcha. And, and I can just remember the hu- the humility, because Mr. Arthur was like, "Man, we're not just trying to change what y'all already have going on, but we're just here to strengthen what y'all have." Mm. Mm. And from that man, a lot of growth happened. Yeah. So, uh, Mr. Arthur, for you, like coming into Rayburn, what was that like for you? culture shock really it was a lot yeah. different in angola you know you the i think the philosophy in angola is give them as much freedom as you can because they're not going nowhere mm-hmm. this is their home yeah and the philosophy i seen at rayburn was we're going to be hard on as possible to keep them from coming back because those guys were going home every day mm. 
So when I got there, mm. I got rolled up because I gave a man a peppermint. Mm. I couldn't believe it, and I told it to the guys. And when I went back to Angola, we used to go back on trips. They said, man, come out of that place. Mm. But uh, I'm going to tell you this. This is the reason I'm here today. I hear the voice of God when he speaks. Mm-hmm. And Amen. I knew God told me to stay there. Mm-hmm. And they put me on what they call, I guess, the wild side or, or something. In every prison, there's a wild side. There's a place where God just live right. like they want to live. And I was on Winyard. And uh, they told me I would be there 90 days. When I first got there, I wanted to leave. But again, I heard the voice of God say, stay here. Mm. And wardens and everybody else, classification, friends, everyone asked me to leave. But I know the voice of God. He told me to stay. Yeah. And so how do you how do you feel as far as by staying there? How do you feel that that God God moved through that you being obedient to that direction? I begin to see a lot of guys ask spiritual questions. I begin to see guys pray hmm. that didn't normally pray. You know, they didn't have many people getting on their knees and praying. Then hmm. I, I felt like men begin to like Okay, I could get down and pray with Arthur. He's hardcore, life in 99 years since he's praying. So, I, and a lot of people would come to me to pray. They would come to me, ask biblical questions. And um, so I just stayed there. I mm. stayed there. And I'm going to tell you, sometimes my flesh wanted to leave there. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. But my spirit told me to stay. And uh, so was Pastor Jackson also on uh, One Yard? Or? He came and what we tried to do is split up. We decided, we we talked in the group after we prayed and we told everybody, we need a minister on every yard. Mm, okay. So we put a minister on snow, a minister on wind oh, yard, rain, rain sleep. and sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I remember when, probably a couple months ago when I was talking to him and uh one of the things that always struck me is is uh you know Pastor Jackson was like look you know when y'all are out there pastoring you don't have to go home with your congregation you know what I mean right. and he says but we we have to shower with our congregation he says literally so, <laughs> literally yeah, really. and so like he says uh he says you know if they see us doing something that's not uplifting Christ, you know, they, they see pastor Jackson stub his toe and be angry and upset and all that kind of stuff. He says, they, 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 they see our practice of faith. Right. And, uh, something that I don't remember, I don't think it was him who mentioned it, but it was another, another person who was in the, um, the, the, the chapel, the chapel who basically was talking about one of the things that struck them about pastor Jackson and you, and Mr. Arthur was that, uh, you stayed on some hard yards, uh, and, and that you, you could have gotten an easier place and an easier route and, and you didn't. And, uh, you know, that, that you were, you were looking for, you know, some, some difficult places to, to bring God. You know, uh, before I got saved, I, I, I didn't go, I stayed in the cell blocks. I was one of the people that, was one of the first people to go in Camp J when they opened it up. Mm. So I believe God was like he did the demonic act. He was telling me, go back where you come from. Mm. So I enjoyed going to the cell blocks because I had been in the cell blocks. I could relate to the men in the cell block. Yeah. So that's, that's the area I chose. Everybody chose different ministry, and I chose the cell block ministry. Well, you know, one of the things that always kind of struck me as I was thinking about you was, is that, um, you've always struck me as a, a humble individual, um, which I think is a sign of a, a spiritual health. And, uh, one of the things that, that also struck me is that as a person who's going to be in a harder place, how did you deal with having a humble nature according to, you know, following Jesus in a harder hmm. place in prison, how 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 did that work out for you in uh, in your situation? I guess it was just the scripture peace that surpasses all understanding. Mm-hmm. I I didn't understand it myself, but God would give me a peace in the midst of everything I was going through. Oh, I I've been cursed out in the blocks. 
I've had men tell me, Mr. Arthur, man, you got to come off. You got to leave this place. Man, every time you come here, all you want to talk mm. about is Jesus. Man, we <laughs> don't want to hear nothing about no Jesus. We want to see some women, man. Get off the tear. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it, it didn't stop me. I just kept coming. And then later on, I might apologize. Hey, man, I'm sorry, man. We're just tripping, man. But we we need you to come. Yeah, yeah. And, and they got men that came out, and they've been calling me. They said, man, thank you. Right. Yeah. Praise so God. you don't know what you've done, man, but thank you. Right. Mr. Arthur, I always have a, a question that I like to ask people when they say that they, I, I was away from the mic that time, not look at me, I yeah. did it. Um, but uh, when, when, when we say that we hear from God mm. or we hear God's voice, mm-hmm. what is that? I feel like everybody experiences that differently. And one of the things I try to caution people on is like judging other people's mountaintop moments with your own. And like, you know, just how, so I'm curious how you, like when you say you, you hear from God and, and, and you, you know what God is telling you to do. How does that, how do you perceive that? It's like not what, a literal voice. Sure. Sure. He says, uh, my sheep know my voice and another, they won't follow when I'm praying. Yeah. I mean, something deep within me just speaks to me. Amen. Not just my head, but my heart. Mm, yeah. And mm. I know that's God because I've heard this voice before. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's interesting because, and, and I think a, a skeptic could push back against that and be like, well, how do you know that's not just you? But sometimes that voice is telling you, stay in this terrible situation you're in. Right. <laughs> and I will make something good come of it. Like that is not, why would we tell ourselves to do that kind of thing? So often God is telling us to, not do the things that we want to do and, and rather leads us into doing things right. that are hard and, yeah. and not the easy way, maybe even dangerous. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to just tell you, I didn't want to be there. I'm yeah. just going to be honest right. with yeah. you. I right. didn't want to be there. Sure. I, I like peace and quiet, but yeah. there was never peace and quiet over there. Yeah. I mean, all through the day, you, you're you going to see some stuff. I mean, yeah. people getting high, people fighting. Right. All kind of stuff, and uh, wait, people getting high in prison? Oh no, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but it's uh, a lot was going on, and I wanted to leave, but I I know the voice of God, and I believe God kept me there as a witness to those men that with a life and nine nine year sentence, yeah, you could still have peace, yeah, yeah, and, and you still could live for Him in the midst of all that you're going through, all the stuff that's around you, yeah. But you always had a sense that you were going to get out. I, I kept running. Yeah, I kept yeah. running again. I always thought of what Macklemore say. So you're going to run around Stone Mountain, George. And I kept running. Even some little guys said, Mr. Arthur, what you stop, man? You, you running right. around that place like that, you old, man. You're not going to be able to run around no Stone Mountain, man. You just need that's, to rest. And, uh, that's a great story. But I kept running. I mean, what a great testimony. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Kept running and uh, hey man, you're here, you're out, you're home. Henderson was Henderson, he stuck with me. I mean, he was always <laughs> encouraging me. Yeah, and sure. um, one time I went to the cell block, and a, and a guy, while I was at Rayburn, I also got a master's degree. Mm. The warden uh, encouraged me to get a master's degree. He was our chaplain, then he became a warden. He said, You need to get your master's. So I got a master's degree, and I still visit the cell block. And a guy told me one day, he said, Mr. Arthur. They respected me, and my name was Mr. Arthur. That's what they called me. Yeah. These tough guys, they called me Mr. Arthur. Yeah. But anyhow, he said, Mr. Arthur, you got a master's degree. Why don't you get in the law library mm. and and find a way to get out of prison? I know you can find a way. And I said, man, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't start following Jesus Christ to get out of prison. Mm. I mean, I, I wanted to know him because I, right. I had met him. Yeah. And I began to walk off and Spirit of God put it on my heart to go back to him. And I didn't know what I was going to say, but when I got back there, I said, but let me tell you something. Mm. If God want to get me out of prison, he had changed the law just for me. <laughs> and it was maybe wow, maybe a year or so later, a law changed wow. just for me. Wow. <laughs> Look at God, um, bro. Amen. 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 You know, a lot of people might, a lot of the listeners might, you know, some people, when they see, like, a miracle happen today, they'll look at it as happenstance. So, oh, right. yeah. Sure. Right. Or like, try you to know, explain it away. Yeah, try to explain it away, mere chance. But when you're in a situation, like, when you have life in 99 years, and for a guy like, you know, Henderson that was in prison and watching people die in that place, 
when I when I got up there, it had people that's, that's already been here for 15, 20 years, and I did 10 and a half. And, you know, during the course of that during the course of that time a lot of them didn't make it out of prison so it's not some guys go in prison with a 5 or a 10 year sentence and don't make it out they might die from maybe sicknesses or whatever you might get killed in prison but it's not by happenstance or anything like that that Mr. Arthur is here today because I was able to see the miracle performed in his life and I thank God for just being able to witness it because I know man had it not been for the laws changing through the grace of God, that he'll be still in prison. Yeah, so tell us, tell and, us, so what law changed? Yeah, go ahead. Anderson. And look, one other thing, and, and thank God I was there with Mr. Arthur, man, because at one particular time, now here it is, this man had life in 99, and just to add a little bit more to his testimony about the power of God in his life, he, he, got, he became ill at one point. And so... And from that, and, and, and I know he, he can share a little bit about it, but and I was able to be a, uh, God used me a little bit to encourage him during those times, man. I just thank God just for being a little bit of a help. But that he was diagnosed, if you want to tell that part of the story, Mr. Arthur. Yeah, I was diagnosed with uh, prostate cancer, mm. and he said it was real, real aggressive. Mm. And, right. Uh, I got treated for that, and went back to running. I was running while he was doing radiation treatment on me. Wow. When the markers on me, I was still running. I, I just, it stayed in my mind. It got said I was going to run around Stone Mountain. Wow. But while I was at the hospital, this guy here would come and feed me. Amen. Mm. Henderson would come to there and cook for me and feed me while I was in the hospital. Mm. And uh, I just continued to go on. And, and one of the amazing things about this, and he witnesses it himself, is that a friend of mine's had got in touch with a lawyer once my case had got overturned, right. and it was because they gave me a uh, life with some nonviolent crimes, and they couldn't do that. Mm. And I had filed that, but it, it, they had denied it. But then this law came out, and it, it changed it. But um, my friend wanted to get me one of the best lawyers in the city, well-known. He saw him. Right. Absolutely. And I, I was I was all about it. I sent him my paperwork. I said, yeah, come on. Yeah. And again, I was praying. Hmm. The Spirit of God spoke to me. He said, you don't need no lawyer. Amen. Man, come on, man. I called my friend and told him, I don't need no lawyer. Get your money back. He said, man, you lost your mind. You've been locked up for decades now. You lost your mind. You know, God used people. Blah. He was saying a whole lot of stuff. Right. I said, man, I know the voice of God. Mm. He stopped answering the phone. Mm. But then he saw it answer. He said, man, I love you. I don't want to see you. This may be your last chance. He said, I'm going to be in court when you go. I said, all right. So we went to court. And the lawyer he had hired for me went before me. That's right. Like before your good. case? Yeah, before right before he'll my represent, case. He'll represent okay. somebody else. Okay. All right. He represented that guy, and I said, man, maybe I missed it because he was smooth. Yeah. He could talk. Yeah. I would I would have granted it for the guy. If that was me. <laughs> I was the judge. You're like, that sounds like a good yeah, case. Yeah. But the judge denied him. Wow. That guy is still in Angola today. No. Hmm. I mean, that's God's hand all over it. And then I came up next, and again, my friend is sitting there. Probably doubting God, doubting that I heard from God. Yeah. <laughs> and everything I wanted, she did it. She took the life sentence, and that made me eligible for parole. Amen. Wow. She didn't say a word to me. She just looked down, and then she said, I'm going to take this life from from you, and you got 299 running together. And she said, good luck, Mr. Rose. Hmm. Praise God. Amen. Yep. And I went up for parole, and Amen. I was granted parole August the 1st. 2019. Amen. Praise God. Look, I want to, if, if you don't mind, man, I want to share just a little bit about that voice of God because that's a yep. hot topic right now, man. And it's hot topic for me today to mm -hmm. still be able to hear from God because a lot of times, man, in life, we're going to come to like a big decision we'll have to make. And sometimes even a small decision, you want to pray about it and hear from God. But especially the big decisions like what house to buy, what church to go to, what woman to marry or what man to marry if you're a woman. You know, these are some big decisions. These are like life-changing decisions that you're going to have to make. Some of these decisions, you got to live with it for the rest of your life. And so you want to hear from God because I feel as though, you know, God knows what's best. 
And in the scripture, it says in the book of Corinthians, it says the man without the spirit, they don't understand the things that come from the spirit of God because right. they are, they say the Bible says it sounds foolish to them. Mm -hmm. And they are spiritually discerned. So you have to, you know, for me, it, you know, I have to have the spirit of God within me. I have to accept Christ and have that spirit in me to even be able to even be able to hear from God, to have that spirit because Without the spirit, if somebody say Henderson, you know, that person did you that, forgive them. Like the Bible says, that's going to sound foolish to me. That's going to be even offensive to me. Man, you know what this man did to me? And you telling me that I'm worried about it yeah. or forgiving? Right. It sounds foolish from a carnal mind. Yeah. Right. But in the spirit, God will say, yeah, you know, God will agree. Your spirit would agree. Yeah, he's telling me something godly. He's telling me something for my own good to forgive this person or to stay on Winyard or to not get this lawyer because man that was a big decision that's a huge decision a huge decision to not get a lawyer going it don't even sound right. right i mean you go to court you need a lawyer for you know you need a lawyer yeah right. it just sounds like you need a lawyer you know the ordinary customary thing to do is get a lawyer and a good lawyer and a good lawyer at that right but then to hear god say man you look you don't need no lawyer and i got life and 99 yeah right and and he was the one of he's the one of the best lawyers in the city mm. in the state probably yeah and um, I, I thought about the scripture afterwards later on. I thought about it. And, and when I told you about Jeremiah, it said, curse is the man that put his trust in man mm -hmm. and mm. make it man his arm. That's when I first got saved. And and, and I, I thought today, you know, and ever since I've been home and ever since it happened, had I chosen that lawyer to go in there with that lawyer, I'd still be in prison. Mm-hmm. Cause I would be and disobeyed the voice of God. Yeah, right. yeah. You know when, <clears throat> excuse me, when lawyers represent you, and they get a man out of prison with a life sentence, life mm. and that, you know who's glorified? He is. That's right. I don't care if that was a Christian right. that he represented. Right. You, I can't the call them people name, but they gonna they gonna be bringing up his name. Yeah. Man, so and so got got all the roles out of jail. So and so got. Hands upon my just so and so, whatever the lawyer name may have been, but all over the prison system right mm, now, amen. everybody know me. Amen. They know I went without a lawyer. They know mm. Jesus Christ. Amen. Was my lawyer. Amen. He was my advocate. Come on. He man. spoke for me. Mm. They know it. Mm. They don't, when they talk about my case and how I got out, they don't talk about a lawyer. Mm. Yeah. They talk about Jesus. Yeah. They talk about Jesus. He wanted to be glorified mm. in my situation. Man, I mean, and just like, Amen. <laughs> it's just like you you turn to the lawyer, and and the other person says, "Who was your lawyer? Let me contact them as well." Now people want to contact Jesus. Amen. They want to they want to they want to be in touch with the same God who delivered Mister Arthur uh, from his situation and uh, encourages them. I mean, what a that's a super powerful powerful testimony. On August first month in October, I'm going to Hunts. God want to hear this. They, that's three years ago, but God still want to hear my testimony. I was asked to come there on the first of all, October to share my testimony. Awesome, praise Amen. God. And did you so? So you got out? Did you go? Uh, I mean, I know that everybody's going to be wondering. Did you go run? Uh, I got uh, a picture of it. Yeah. Running around Stone Mountain. It's, it's amazing. This is also amazing, too. I had a guy that had sat in my class, the faith-based class. He he came to prison. He was scared. He'll tell you. He was scared. He told me. He said, I approached him. He thought I was going to mess with him the wrong way. But I asked him, did he know God? He said, I know. I say, He said, yeah. I said, you know of him or you know him? He said, I know of him. And I got him in a faith-based class with me. He knows him well. I got him in a faith-based class with me, and he stood in my group for a year. He he looked like a he shouldn't have even been in prison, mm. guy, but he sat in there for a year. When he found out I was out, and I told him about it, I was gonna run around Stone Mountain, and he said he used to look at me like, "Wow, this guy got a lot of faith, or he crazy one or other." <laughs> but when he heard I was out, he drove from his house, was pretty far to my house, and uh. I told him we went eight, we talked, he gave me a watch. He said, when people retire from prison, <laughs> retire from a job, they give him a watch. He yeah. said, you retire from prison, so. I'm giving you a watch. He gave me a nice watch, and then he said, uh, I told him, I said, look, I'm making plans to go to Georgia to run around Stone Mountain. 
You see, that's what I came for, really. Wow. He said, I'm going to buy you a ticket. Mm. He bought me a first-class ticket on wow. a Delta airline. I sat in a first seat mm. to go run around Stone Mountain. Amen. Mm. Mm. And I went there, and I told my daughter I got to fulfill prophecy. Yeah. Man, you know, I mean, this this Sunday I'm talking a little bit about uh, Philippians and Paul and how the Philippian church helped him and uh, and how it was a koinonia kind of moment, which in the Greek was this fellowship, mm-hmm. this desire to be, uh, uh, to participate with each other. Yeah. And so, like, w- hearing him want to buy you that ticket is just him wanting to participate right. in the work of God. Amen that he sees in your life. You know what I mean? It's just saying, man, this is exciting, you know, to, to, to see God work in such a way with you. you And and literally that's how he felt. He said, man, I heard you prophesied. I want to be a part of this prophecy. I want (laughs) to, I want to be remembered as somebody. And he tried to scratch it out, but it was an expensive ticket. He bought me to, to go first class to Georgia. And uh, my daughter brought me there and she said, how long is going to be there? I said, Lisa, I think. Yeah. And she parked in the car because she was tired. And I ran. First, I had my phone on. I didn't know how to do it. It went off on me, but I ran. I ran. It took me an hour. But what bothered me, they got inclines. Mm. I'm used to running on level ground. But yeah. when I went to going up and down. I said, uh oh. Yeah. yeah. But I made it. Yeah. Amen. Made it. Man. Amen. And I worship God after I come off the mountain. Amen. Yeah. And I sent it to all them dudes in Rayburn and Angola. <laughs> Amen. And if you don't mind me asking, how how old are you, Mr. Arthur? Right now I'm sixty nine. Sixty nine, run running five miles I was around. Sixty six when sixty six. Man. Mm. That is uh amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, we I think we've talked a little bit about this throughout this story, just to see the way that the scripture is important to what gave you, first of all, the assurance that God would be with you and, uh, and just in different circumstances with you. But we wanted to ask you this question is, is, is why is the scripture? So we call this, this podcast, let the Bible speak. Um, so why is the scripture important to you? Basically all my life, every, everything I, one, one time when I was a young Christian, I, I was just going through like the motions. And then I said to myself, I'm, I'm going to try this. You know, one scripture was a, a soft word to turn away wrath. Mm. You know, so I did it. And it did. You know, and, and he said, when a man ways please God, I make his enemies be at peace with him. <laughs> so I had enemies. And then they come up and apologize. Mm. I said, man, the scripture, I got to stick with him because it's important. It worked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's real. Yeah. Whatever God says, he does Amen. it. Amen. Yeah. For sure. And that's why, you know, I, scripture is so important. God is not a, li- a man and he should lie. He don't lie. Yeah. He yeah. promised something, he's going to do it. Mm. So. Amen. You know, and um, since we were talking about that, uh, how do we hear the voice of God? And, you know, I, I know different Christians, like you s- said, John, hear God in different ways. And I hear the voice of God uh, often. Um, but usually it is through the scripture for me. So mm-hmm. when I'm praying to the Lord and then I go to read the scripture for the day, you know, and he says something in that scripture that tells me the direction that I ought to go, you know, yeah. and uh, just recently had a major decision in my life uh, that I was trying to figure out which way to go. And when the Lord starts to beat me over the head with the same answer, right. you know Amen. what I mean? <laughs> then, yeah. then I know for sure, you right. know, and I, then I go, okay, well, Lord, I right. hear you and I will do it. <laughs> right. It might not sound right. No, it mm. doesn't. It doesn't. Sound Most time right. it doesn't sound it, it right. It doesn't. It seems always to be against my fleshly nature. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the things right. that I, like you said, that I would want to do, you wanted peace and quiet. You don't want to be <laughs> in that right. cell block. And, uh, but, but God had a different plan in store for you right. that led eventually to your freedom. Amen. And, right. uh, and those people in that block, knowing you and your story and hearing that Jesus is the one who got you released. So in one of the worst places to be, you create, you know, God created a testimony in you 
to tell them to turn to Jesus as their advocate, as their lawyer. You know, I mean, it's a pretty, that's a pretty amazing, and you couldn't, uh, you couldn't have orchestrated that. It's, no, I did. No, yeah. <laughs> you, there's no way, you know, I always tell people, uh, you know, when they go, well, how do you know God's, how, how do you know God's speaking to you? I said, well, let me just tell you, I've listened to his voice for many years. I follow his direction when he speaks to me. And if it was just some random voice, uh, my life should look like madness. Mm, right. But instead, yep. it looks it looks like it's been orchestrated. And, and the orchestration comes from God. Amen. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm doing a series right now on um, parables. And, uh, and uh, one of the parables that I just did recently, the parable of the ten minas, um, the, uh, I remember I got into this kind of debate with an old friend over that one she had gone to she she's in a kabbalah you know not not christianity but she gave christianity a try uh at one point because her son went to this baptist church and so she would go to church with him and and she heard the the parable of the 10 minas and without getting into without taking too much time if you if you're not familiar with that i would uh, give it a look but um it, on the surface it looks like jesus is saying that um you know, that basically God favors, uh, those who make more money like mm-hmm. that, that, that on the surface, it's, it's what he's really talking about. He's talking about, uh, the minor, the, the amount of money that, that they're, that the guys multiplying, uh, is, is, uh, is, is, is your faith and, and the sharing the word with people. And like you, we all have the same word to share and, and what we do with it, that, you know, that, that matters not how much mm-hmm. we have, but what we do with it. And, um, and so I explain it to her and she goes, well, how do you know? And it's, I think that's a really good question. When yeah. especially when we read scripture and we're like, yeah, you know, but what Jesus means when right. he says that right. is this. And like, well, how do you know? Yeah. Because I know him. Yeah. Because I know him. Because I know him. You know, because it's like if anybody came to you and said, you know, take your best friend. Oh, you know what your best friend did? Blah, 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 blah. And describe yeah. something that they would never do. You're not going to immediately go, I can't believe it. You would be like, I can't believe that. Right. Because it's not true. And that's not what my friend meant. He meant right. something, yeah, that, you yeah. know, and, and I know. How do my you friend. know? Because I know him. Yeah. And I think that that's um, the, the, the spirit of God that reveals that kind of stuff to us, whether it's in our own lives, whether right. it's in scripture, that's right. um, it, it takes what's on the, cause even Jesus was telling parables for a reason, you know, yeah. they, you kind of have to have your like, kingdom seekers on to to see like no he's not giving farming tips in the parable of the sower he's talking right. about spreading the gospel no and that's yeah. what he says in the parables you know yeah. sometimes you he explains those it who have eyes like, yeah. you know to see see let those who have ears to hear hear. yeah yeah you know yeah. And you know um i think i think prayer definitely is real real important for the belief because just as and we don't want to get it misconstrued like God has a certain set pattern the way that he works out of because his grace is, it, it, it gets curvy a little bit because another guy, God could have spoke to him and said, get, you know, get the lawyer. Right, right. Get the lawyer to That's get right. out of prison. Yeah. So you have to pray and see God concerning your situation individually because out of, out of, I've seen men in prison and, and without sharing any names, one guy was like, man, and I saw him on fire. I was talking, him talking about God, and he was sharing with another guy. And he was like, man, I'm going to do this, and, man, I'm going to get my GED. I've been praying, man, I know God's going to bless me up out of here, and I'm going to do this, and I'm a, I ain't going to get no write-ups, and I'm going to follow all the rules, and I'm going to get my GED, and I'm going to get Votech, and I'm going to get a lot of, you know, trays under my belt, man. Then I'm going to go for parole. And somebody else was like, man, that ain't going to work. I tried all that already. Mm. But, man, how is yeah what God got for you is for you. Yes. Right. I believe that if I pray and God act and God put on my heart to do like all those steps maybe if, if it's to get out of prison or if it's to start a business or whatever it may be do these certain things first and then i'll bless you then yeah that's the step you take but if it's for another person it might be different and, and i think we do we do people a, a disservice that's why i i think it's important to always ask somebody when they say i god said to me okay what do you mean by that right to show the diversity of the answer because if we do try to put god into a box we right. end up confusing people it's i just read a heartbreaking essay about uh langston hughes wrote about 
um, he, like his first line is the night I was saved, but not really mm, wow. <laughs> because he, he was mm. a child and he was in the Methodist church and, mm. and it was the day that all the ki- the little ones were going to come forward and, and, and confess Jesus. And it was a, a big moment. And, and the preacher said, or the, the, his grandmother was like, mm. you're, you're going to see a light. You're going to feel, and just told him, this is what it's going to be when you meet Jesus, like in, in the church. And so his expectation was that and that alone. Mm. And so when he sees all these kids going up to, you know, admit that they, they're, they're accepting Christ and he's like, well, are they all seeing something I'm not seeing? And so eventually mm. he just went up to shut it down because he was the last one, but his faith gone at yeah. that point. Wow. And it was because his the expectation was, and it's there are expressions of Christianity, mainstream Christianity that still have these kind of like, well, you haven't really met the Lord until this happens. And all there's right. like these weird That's little wow. rites yeah. of passage almost. Yeah, yeah, right. And it's like, the, I'm sorry, the Lord, and look, I'm not going to push again. Whoever's listening, I, I certainly respect um, how you feel about this. But for me, Amen. the Lord has shown up Amen. in many ways. Amen. Yeah. Likewise. And, and I would me. never expect somebody's mountaintop to look like my mountaintop. Amen. That's right. no. that's Amen. Right. Uh-uh. And that's, that's, right. that's great what Henderson brought out because God may speak to a man and tell him to yeah. get a lawyer. Right. right. As opposed to me, he, he didn't speak to me that way. Right. So I, I wouldn't put him in a box and say, right. if he don't speak to you like that, that right. that's not God. He he will use people. Yeah. He will use lawyers to yeah. speak for you. So I think I think the key is is uh, hearing, Amen. seeking from Amen. God, Amen. hearing His voice, and following. Amen. Whatever it is, that's and right. following, and it doesn't always make sense that's right. to us. You know what I mean? And uh, but we we put ourselves in His hands because. We have no better hope. That's we right. have no better hope uh, to than than man, the Lord. Just real quick, man, and um, I just want to share just one little small quick testimony. You remember that time at the altar when they when um, I think I might have shared a little bit before when I came up, I was eligible a uh, law pass again, and I was eligible for a work release program. I had like three years left on my sentence, and I came out the office, and the first person I saw was Mr. Arthur in the hallway. I'm like, man, Mr. Arthur, guess what, man? They they offered me work release. And I was like, he was like, man, what you, he was like, work release. And I was so tied into the church and I got, I got uh, college classes going on. I was just about to finish my sign language certification. I was like, man, but leaving prison is a big deal. Going to a work release facility It's almost, it's halfway yeah, house. It's like right. halfway free. Yeah. That's you right. get better quality of living in life. Man, I don't know nobody that turns down the work release. That's right. And, and I told him about it. He was like, hey, listen, what you do? I was like, man, I don't really know Mr. Arthur. He said, man, just pray about it. Mm. And I went in the library while I was working there, and I prayed, and I knew I heard the voice of God to tell me, the voice told me this, Mr. Arthur, he said, because you came to me in this matter, if you leave, I'll bless you, or if you stay, I'll bless you. I knew I heard God told me that. Mm. I stayed. I ain't even tell nobody. I stayed at the prison for about another year and something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And man, because if I would have said, man, I turned down work release, man, mm-hmm. people would have been like, man, Paul, you institutionalized, you crazy. You crazy yeah. Right. <laughs> you <lost your> mind. <laughs> That's what they you told me when mind. I told them I ain't want no law. You crazy. You crazy. Yeah. You lost your mind. Prayer but I talk important. about uh, uh, Noah, Bill Ark, Noah. Yeah. 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 People going around and Noah, you crazy. You're crazy. Yeah. You're what crazy. What you talking about? Rain. Building what boat? is rain? Yeah. <laughs> Never heard that before. Uh, uh, yeah. For sure. And uh, so, and I think about that too because. What you said to him wasn't what somebody would normally say to Absolutely. you. Absolutely. What somebody would normally, in kind of the fleshly way, would say to, to you, go, go Henderson, go. Man, go ahead, Paul. You're going to be able to says, see your mom and your family, better yeah. visits. You're going to eat better. You're going to get hygiene, better right. hygiene, just better. Yeah. And instead, he says, pray. We'll, we'll pray about it. Pray about it. Right. And uh, because seeking God is going to give us the direction that we want for our the lives. Best direction for yeah. Life. It, it doesn't mean that it, it puts us in the places that we always want to be, but in Amen. the end, his story glorifies him man, and, and we get to participate. I finished, I finished this college classes I was taking. I, I got my sign language certification. I was, I was working in the sign language field when I got out. They were trying to get me to do the sign language even before I left the prison. And man, I was able to help, man, one of the biggest benefits, man, I was able to help my wife and my son with their homework, mm-hmm. you know, giving, helping them with their algebra work. Cause I was real studious in the prison. I was studying that stuff. I'd take my homework back to the dorm and, and, and really understand it. And, uh, I was able to help my wife with us mad when I got home, my son channel, he might've needed help with an essay or something. Boom. I was, the, I was one of the editors for the chain link Chronicle. Yeah. So I was able to help. 
I was able to look at your paper. I had my little red pen. Like I once had a, a teacher that had a red pen for me, but now here it is. I'm the one with the red pen. <laughs> That's awesome. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So, uh, Mr. Arthur, how you doing today? How's everything going, you know, now? For about two years, I was in like limbo. I started off working with a place called TSAP and, uh, my daughter had kidney problems and she stays in Georgia basically by herself. And, uh, I've been either driving down there, catching a plane backwards and forth for the last two years, uh, mm. trying to take care of her. It was real, real hard for her. Mm. And in June, the last time I went up there, she called me, she said, dad, I said, what? She's 51. Uh, she said, uh, they found me a kidney. Mm-hmm. And I went there. It's such an amazing thing. God is all God. I, I got in my car and drove all the way to Georgia. And mm-hmm. When I got there, I went to the hospital. She was sitting in the hospital waiting to go to get a kidney. Get a she kidney. got it the next day, but I was there for her. I had never been there before, and I prayed God to God. Amen. Whenever she go through something, let me be there. Mm. So I was there, and I walked all the way to the surgery room. The man said, you can't go no further. Huh? <laughs> she didn't want me to let her go. She didn't want me to let her hand go. And, yeah. uh, but that's that's Amen. that's been my thing. Well, I'm, I'm like in limbo right now. I was trying to get a job. Had the accident that kind of – I worked a little bit with Henderson. Yeah. But that, that accident kind of set me back for right now. So. Yeah. Well, uh I don't want it to end. I know. It's so good. <laughs> huh? like, I yeah, really man, don't want to do this a part two. Man. I know. We're going to have to. We're going to have to have you back. To, encore. To, yeah, for sure. Because um, we are grateful. We're grateful for your, your ministry and we're grateful for your testimony to our Lord. Um, and, uh, you know, it means a great deal to, to those who love our Lord to hear right. that, those, those stories. And uh, so uh, would you mind praying us out? Thank Amen. You, yeah. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we love you and praise you. And, Lord, thank you that you're still doing miracles, Amen. Lord God. And, and, Lord, the world knows it, Lord God. I thank you that, Lord, you allow me to share this testimony, Lord, because it's all to the glory of God, Lord God. Amen. It's not of me or no one else, but it was all you from beginning to end. Lord, I thank you for this ministry. Lord, I pray you continue to bless it, continue to use these men for your honor and glory, Lord God, to enlighten people as to what you're doing in this earth realm Amen. right now. And God, we just thank you for all that you've done. And Lord, I just pray, Lord God, your blessing would be upon each and each one of these men as we go about our separate ways, Lord God. Speak to us, strengthen us, keep us, guide us, direct us in the way we should go. And we pray for our audience, Lord God, who are listening, yes. Lord. Let them know, Lord God, that you are still God. Yes, Lord. Lord, you're still Lord God to Make of the universe. You're still, Lord God, in control of every circumstance and situation in our lives. And there is nothing Amen. too hard for you, Lord God. And God, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Amen. 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 I got too close. I muted the mic. Thank you for listening to Let the Bible Speak. If you'd like to support us, subscribe to the podcast by clicking that little plus symbol on your phone until it becomes a You're check good. Everybody's mark. muted. You can also share these episodes with a friend. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at letthebiblespeakpodcast at gmail.com. If you write us at letthebiblespeak at gmail.com, we will not receive your email, so make sure it is letthebiblespeakpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks.